get a bar for every time my line got stuck. Well, then I'd probably have enough for a brand new pickup truck, and I'm probably gonna need it. But luck is gonna change, I can feel it. I got a secret weapon on the radio. Kevin always tells me where the fish is gone. And I'm fishing. Yes, I'm fishing. Paul Bunyan. from Visit Bemidji joins the show today. He's been guiding in the Bemidji area. We'll talk about that. Plus, we'll have him put on his Visit Bemidji hat and talk about the importance of fishing and other outdoor activities to Visit Bemidji and to the economy. Plus, it's Lake of the Week Day, and we check in with Doug Schultz from the Walker Area Fisheries Office on that. Plus, a podcast bonus, Mandy Urich is in. It's all coming up. Welcome to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. And today, we're going to talk a lot about Bemidji. We have Brady Loudon here. He not only guides in the Bemidji area, uh, that's kind of an avocation. He works for Visit Bemidji, and uh, he loves Bemidji, and he loves fishing Bemidji. So, Brady, we got a lot to talk about today. Yeah, it's great to be on, Kev. Can't wait to talk with you. Well, let's start fishing. Um, you've started doing a lot of guiding here in the Bemidji area this it's, year. It's been a busy summer, Kev. I've been guiding under Dick uh, Beardsley, and it's uh, the fish have been biting, and there's been a lot of guide trips, and it's uh, it's been a wonderful summer. We couldn't have really asked for much better fishing to uh, start out the year. So. We, we, we can't. It's been, it's been a good season, uh, and obviously you love fishing, so getting into the guiding biz had to be kind of fun for you. It came pretty easy. I, I kind of got tapped on the shoulder by Dick, and he said, you know, Brady, I really think you need to get out uh, guiding. And so I've been, I did it a little bit last fall, and now I've been really getting into it for the summer, and I've probably already had probably 15 guide trips. And uh, June is booking up pretty quick, and as far as July goes, it's going to be a busy season. But, you know, Kev, it's, it's so fun being able to meet these people, the clients, and being able to watch them ca- catch their first walleye, um, catching their first largemouth. Um, just the excitement from the kids. It's just, it's so much fun. I, it's kind of scary because I kind of want to do it full time, but I love my job at Visit Bemidji so much that I can't, uh, I don't think I can do that, but Josh would kill me. So, yeah. <laughs> well, we're, and I want to get into the importance of, uh, of fishing too you know, um, yeah. tourism and to this community. And we'll get into that. But uh, let's talk about the fishing uh, aspect of it. Has it been my, mainly walleye trips for you? or You know, it's been a lot of multi-species. And, you know, I've been fishing a lot of different lakes. So that we've been fishing the Cass Lake chain. We've been fishing on Big Turtle over at Coles, Rutgers with uh, Lake Bemidji. But the, the target species has been primarily walleye. But we've had some really good crappie trips. And then there's the northerns have been just smacking anything. And so that's always fun to get the rod to bend. And so, uh, but yesterday I was just out on Big Turtle and, uh, we ended up, uh, catching just probably 10 largemouth that were over 20 inches within like five minutes. And so that was, that was a lot of fun. So, 
There's a lot of bass on Big Turtle. There are, and they're big. They're really, really big. And so we were catching some walleyes, catching some largemouth, and the the guy was having so much fun, he was giggling like a little kid, and he's probably six years old, so it doesn't get better than that. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, so where, uh, not just on the lakes, but yeah. where on the lakes have the walleyes been, even with this hot weather? Yeah, so I've been typically targeting the walleyes on the edge of the cabbage and anywhere from 11 to 14 feet of water, and a jig and a shiner's been working really good. Now that the shiners are starting to run out now, and so we're getting more into those uh, using uh, rainbows and uh, being able to use leeches. The largemouth were just going crazy for those leeches uh, yesterday. Every single cast we were catching one, so it's uh, hard to beat. Um, what lakes have been the best? Oh, good question. You're asking the, the good questions on the lakes. I, I'll, I'll keep it to the Cass Lake chain. Uh, Big Turtle's been phenomenal. Um, and then as far as Lake Bemidji, it's just a walleye factory. I mean, there's, I've been having 40 fish day out on Lake Bemidji for catching walleyes, which is just, uh, so much fun. The wind's been blowing in the right places. Water temps are very high for this time of year, but the fish are biting. So, and it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I think that's been really, really key to um, keeping people happy is despite the unbelievably hot temps we had a couple weeks ago, those, yes. those walleyes have not shut down. No, they haven't. And we did have that first mayfly hatch, and I was a little bit concerned, but they were still biting after that, and we haven't had the big one come yet. And so um, the walleyes have been biting, and uh, and really decent-sized walleyes, too. Like, we've been seeing some really nice year-class walleyes out of Lake Bemidji this year, which is phenomenal to see, as well as those 14 inches, which we know are going to grow to be those beautiful walleyes. And so... Um, yeah, it's it's been it's been a wonderful summer so far. I think the other helpful thing is uh, the fact that they have not gone deep yet. I'm surprised they have. Yes, you wouldn't believe. I there's depths that I've been fishing in almost seven and a half feet of water catching those walleyes still this time of year, which is usually that bite starts to slow down quite a bit. But uh, as long as the wind's blowing in the right direction, they've been really um, really pooled up in that six to eight feet of water on Bemidji, which has been really nice. And certainly I think the walleyes have always hung out in the weeds, but for some reason until the last 10 years, people really didn't do that. They would always go deep. And I, I don't know if we just have better equipment that it's easier to get through weeds now or what, what the cause is. Yeah. People are fishing in the weeds a lot more than they used to. And I'll tell you what, Kev, electronics are so key. Um, it's amazing the technology that's happened even the last five years. Um, I'm I'm a lost kid without my electronics now and being able to get right on that spot, being able to see exactly where those fish are um, stacked up, it, the confidence even for tournament fishing or even fishing in league fishing, uh, it makes a huge difference. So The other thing that I see uh, changing a lot in the last several years is guys like you uh, just much more inclined to be multi-species than just a walleye specialist? Absolutely. I mean, it is so fun to go after those smallmouth bass. I don't know if you've ever fished Beltrami, but that's a wonderful lake to go over and catch some bass. Um, being able to catch crappie, the bluegill bite. Um, I love to catch walleyes, but I also love to just see that rod bend and get people excited about fishing. And, you know, those trips where you're taking those, that I had a daughter out probably about a week ago that she was about 12 years old and catching fish is the main priority. And sometimes the walleyes aren't always biting. And so being able to be, um, be able to, uh, be flexible with your plan is, uh, key. And so, and to make sure the customers are happy. So, Brady, uh, how did you get into fishing and hunting? 
How did I get into fishing and hunting? I live for the outdoors. I'm originally from Bagley, Minnesota, and so I live for the outdoors. I love to fish. I It's just something that I've always... I love learning, probably even more than fishing. I just love learning. And so, um, and fishing just, it opens so much, so much opportunities to be able to just learn the different baits, the depth, being able to talk to the local guides, talk to the bait shop. I just love, uh, learning. And so fishing is, uh, just goes hand in hand with that. I went out to, um, college in Milwaukee where I was fishing for salmon out of my kayak. Uh, catching 30 pound salmon. It's old man in the sea style being able to catch these salmon. It's, uh, it's in my blood. I, you talk to a fisherman or a fisherwoman and it's like you could just, you're already best friends with that person because I just, I, I just love to be able to talk fishing and it's, uh, it's just so much fun. And I also hunt as well, but fishing's definitely number one. So, growing up in the Bagley area, where were you fishing growing up? Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's a local trout lake that I absolutely love, which I'm not going to say over the air, but <laughs> you can probably guess. Uh, but uh, there was uh, Walker Brook is a wonderful lake for crappies. I used to fish Minnow Lake over in the Bagley area. Um, there's Lake Lamond in Bagley. I used to go as a kid and go catch just huge largemouth just right off of the shore before I even had a boat. Um, I just, uh, if there was a time in the day where I could get out on the water, I was probably there. So, and, uh, there's just, there's a little, there's so many lakes in Northern Minnesota. I know, you know, Kev, there's 400 lakes within a 25 mile radius of Bemidji. It's just, we just have an unbelievable fishery up here and we're so lucky to be able to be up here. So, yeah, we, we do take it for granted, I, I think. And, you know, um, I do think though, there was a new appreciation for it. Um, last year when there wasn't a lot of options and people uh, spent a lot more time fishing than they had in the past. And and uh, I hope that continues. It sounds like, at least as far as the second year of license sales, yeah. it, it maintains. Yeah, and that's so fantastic to see because people are – it's fun to be in front of the TV, but it's also really fun to get outdoors and be able to enjoy – um, what nature has to offer for us. And I've, I've just, just been so fun to watch the kids that I've been taking out guiding get excited about the outdoors and be able to catch those fish and not necessarily be inside and be able to, I, I was teaching, uh, loon calls the other day to these daughters where it's like just do it, having loons and interact with the loons. There was baby swans the other day. It's like each day you don't know what you're going to see when you get out on the water. And it's just so cool to see those kids be able to experience that. Brady Loven of Visit Bemidji and a Bemidji Area Fishing Guide joining us today. we got a lot more to cover with Brady later on in the show. But up next, we're going to head over to the Walker Area Fisheries Office and check in with Doug Schultz for our Lake of the Week. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Oh yes, it is that most special day of the week, Lake of the Weekday, and once again we are headed over to the Walker Area Fisheries Office to check in with Doug Schultz, and once again we're heading over towards the Bacchus area with the Horseshoe Lake, and uh, I don't know what it was, I just, I guess I spotted some lakes over there that looked interesting this year, Doug. Well, there's a lot of good ones over there to pick from, and, and Horseshoe is certainly among that list. It, it is an uh, interesting lake. Yeah, it's uh, about 260 acres and a uh, maximum depth of 51 feet and has a little less than four miles of shoreline. Uh, the big one on that lake is the water clarity tends to be hanging around that 15-foot mark, so it's a pretty clear one and you know can be a tough one to fish midday, especially for walleyes. 
but uh, yeah, most of that shoreline on that lake is in private ownership, so the lake is fairly well developed, but some of those lots are larger, so it's not as developed as it could be. Does it get a lot of fishing pressure on it? Yeah, a fair amount, you know, probably in that, uh, you know, 18-hour per acre range, uh, which is pretty busy up here. You know, you said uh, it was uh, clear water, so that made it tough for walleyes. Yeah, the the walleye fishing is not tough because of the numbers. There are plenty of walleyes in that lake. Yeah, this is this is really one of our better ones in the work area, you know, for these smaller waters. Um, we last surveyed this lake in 2013, and as you mentioned, the walleye population is very good. Um, since 1987, the catch rates, uh, gillnet catch rates have ranged anywhere from 6 to 18 fish per net. Uh, an average about 12 and a half historically. Um, in the past, we had stock fry on an alternate year basis, and in 2008, we had discontinued that because we were seeing some really good natural reproduction, and that's really held up well uh, since. Um, not real sure why, because you know you look at at the shoreline, there's not a lot of visible uh, what we would call classic spawning habitat for walleye along that shoreline, but it, it just really consistently produces year classes of, of fish year after year, and, and really good year classes uh, at that. Um, in 2019, we had a catch rate of 10.5 walleye per net, so just below the average, uh, with a really strong 2018 year class, which would be three years old this summer and just starting to hit, hit harvestable sizes here uh, this fishing season. Um, Typically, we'll see walleyes into the mid-20s in just about every survey, and, and that was the case, again, this last time. I think 24 or 25 inches was the biggest one sampled. Um, yeah, but as I mentioned, that water clarity can, can really make that daytime bite particular a challenge on that lake. And and I do know someone from uh, who works at uh, Linder's Angling Edge whose in-laws are on that lake and uh, you know said jigging wraps or, or similar midday seemed to be a, a pretty good trick over we're going with live bait so hmm. just fyi if someone wants to chase walleyes on that lake give give something like that a try you know typically when we see a smaller lake that we would we would think is mainly going to be a panfish northern type lake that has good walleye it's because it's connected to a larger body of water this is not this is a self-contained lake yeah for the most part um really not much in there for for inlet or outlet there's a small uh, outlet i believe on the be the southeast corner by the public access, and that's really about it. Kind of, kind of unique in that regard. Well, what else will we find in there? I'm assuming the usual suspects. Yeah, well, pike are, are you know a good one in that lake. Uh, good mostly because it's it's a lower density, usually less than four pike per net, and as low as less than one fish per net, and, and really good size structure in that lake. I mean, we consistently sample fish in the mid 30s. Um, a lot of that is due to that that low. Uh, Low abundant population. Um, also has a really good largemouth and smallmouth bass. Smallmouth, uh, you know, are a little less prevalent. Uh, electrofishing rates for largemouth are in that 30 to 40 fish per hour range, so really a, a spot we try to manage for. And we see largemouth consistently up to 19, you know, pushing 20 inches long wow. uh, when we're sampling. Um, we have yet to sample enough smallmouth for it to really add up, but, you know, they are present in the lake. Okay. How about the uh, panfish, crappies, bluegills? Really good populations of both uh, black crappies and, and bluegills. Um, density is on that lower end of what I would say is the moderate range for lakes around here. We're talking about 10 sunfish a trap and that sort of thing. Uh, in 2019, we sampled crappies up to 12 inches, which is pretty common in that lake, and then sunfish up to 9 inches long. 
So there's not much for a perch population. Uh, it's not one you're going to, you know, you might get a random one that's big enough to flay, but uh, generally they're not very abundant, usually less than five perch in that. And, um, you know, we just don't see many reaching those harvestable sizes. So when we talk like a lake like Leech that's got all of those great populations in, um, there's any number of fish that that people fish for. Uh, in this lake, is it kind of a, a wild card, or is there a specific fish people really like to go for on on, Marcus, uh, on horseshoe? Uh, walleyes, bass, and panfish are, are the top three in that lake. And, and, you know, the pike are kind of a bonus when they're caught. Again, they're just not very abundant. Um, but that walleye population being as good as it is, a lot of that fishing pressure happens after dark. You know, we've been working out there electrofishing in the spring, you know, after fishing opener. And the boats really come on, on the water uh, as the sun's hitting the trees. So um, more of a night bite. And, um, you know, again, the, the the quality of the panfish in that lake is, is pretty impressive, especially the sunfish. And, you know, we, we had implemented a, a package of special regulations on this lake in 2005. That was, you know, largely uh, driven by local support from around the lake. Uh, which consisted of a five-fish bag limit for both crappie and sunfish, a 12-inch maximum for largemouth and smallmouth bass, and then a three-fish possession limit for walleye, and a minimum length limit of 30 inches for pike with a possession limit of one. And that, you know, that was basically trying to to manage for high quality for everything. And and while it was a nice idea, you know, eventually folks kind of got tired of that, and um, we couldn't demonstrate any measurable changes. Uh, post-regulation in, in most of these populations. So in 2016, uh, we reverted all of these special regu- regulations to the existing statewide regulation, with the exception of the five-fish bag, bag limit for sunfish. And the reason is that high size quality. Um, we re- really wanted to make sure that, that we retain that. So uh, to kind of summarize all that, currently sunfish are the only ones with a special regulation. That's a five-fish limit. Um, Pike fall under the statewide zone regulations, so possession limit 10, 22 to 26 inch fish are protected, and no more than two fish over 26. And then everything else, you know, bass, crappie, walleye are also under the statewide regulations. Okay, um, I know that um, you know obviously with the uh, with the panfish initiative, we've we've got a lot more uh, special regs on panfish lakes. We'd had plenty before that too in our area. There doesn't seem to be a lot of negative with that. Uh, for whatever reason, people uh, understand. Seems like that, that what we have to do to get good quality bluegill, and uh, most people I talk to seem to be fine with it. Yeah, they've you know where we've put them in place, they've really worked well, especially that five bag. Um, when you start cranking out some ten inch fish, uh, you know sunfish pretty consistently, people appreciate that. Um, you know, largely because we haven't had a lot of that available to us in the last 20, 30 years in a lot of places. So um, I, I think that's been the biggest reason that's been so well received. Um, you know, folks may not be happy with it on the front end, some folks, but uh, once they get a taste of what it can do, boy, they, they really become believers in it pretty quick. You talked about a pretty good uh, number of people out there fishing. Is it is there any way of tracking whether it's primarily residents or whether there's a lot of people taking advantage of the public access and getting on there? No, because we haven't been able to do a creel survey on that one. Okay. Um, just, you know, budgets and time being what they are, we got more lakes than we can survey, uh, you know, two creel surveys on around here. So, unfortunately, that, that hasn't been something we've been able to get to. Well, Horseshoe sounds like a gem. If we're curious and want to give it a shot, how do we find our way to Horseshoe Lake? 
So from Bacchus, go east on State Highway 87, about a mile and a half, and turn north on the Horseshoe Drive, northwest. And uh, you go about a quarter mile, and the access will be on the left on the southeast corner of the lake. All right. Good lake. Uh, great populations of all the fish we like to catch, including walleyes. But, again, clear water makes that one more of a challenge. Still a lot of, a lot of good-sized walleyes in there, too. Doug, thanks for all the information. and We, we appreciate it. And uh, I think I might have to get over to Horseshoe Lake sometime. Sounds good. I'll see you out there, Kev. <laughs> we head back to Bemidji, talk Bemidji area fishing with Brady Loudon, and a little visit Bemidji talk as well. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Not to get uh, deeply philosophical. Yes, anything, absolutely. But, you know, uh, just in church, like last week, just hearing people talk about how great it was to be back together and yes. have coffee again. And you hear that about the different events and, and meetings. And people, wow, it's so cool to be together again. And it's like, it's too bad we didn't appreciate that more before. So if anything good came out of this, it's an appreciation of just being together with people. And then in the other part, like we just talked about, uh, the outdoors and the things we have that are available to us Absolutely. all the time. I know. It's right at our fingertips. It's crazy. I have a five-minute drive into work, and I have a five-minute drive to being on the lake every single day. And it's like, what a better place to live than being able to have that. And so, yes, I feel very lucky to live in Bemidji, Minnesota, for sure. Well, you are sounding very Visit Bemidji-ish there I know. that last statement. <laughs> so let's talk about that. Obviously, there's a lot of great things Bemidji has going for it. Uh, and some of this is more Chamber of Commerce than Visit Bemidji, but I mean, obviously, yeah, yep. healthcare. We have a great healthcare system. We've got a great school district. Absolutely. Uh, even with some of the challenges, it's still an amazing school district. Uh, we got three great colleges. So some of those infrastructure things that we have are just really special. And then you throw in uh, these uh, incredible natural resources. And from a Visit Bemidji perspective, how much of the Visit Bemidji um, traffic is driven by people who are going to spend time on the lakes or in the forests? It's a lot bigger than we realize, and that's what we're starting to figure out is we're, um, we're on a lot of different marketing channels as far as being able to hit the outdoor market, but like with outdoor news, um, there's so many people, and uh, we should also mention with the Canadian border being closed and them typically going up to Canada, they're now coming to Bemidji, which has been, we've seen a huge increase from the chamber and from Visit Bemidji's side. I truly believe that this is going to be probably the largest tourism season that Bemidji has ever saw. Um, as from a number standpoint and just having people in town, which is, we like to see those smiling faces in town and we want them to have the best experiences possible. And so, um, yeah, we're very excited to see what this uh, summer tourism brings. The, so far and for this year, it's been very good. And, you know, you were just telling me that uh, before we actually started recording, yeah. the people you've been guiding and where they're from. It's amazing, Kev. There are, I mean, I've been guiding people from Florida, Texas, um, Iowa. I'll be going deer hunting with this new friend of mine now in Iowa. Um, I met uh, people from uh, Wisconsin. They tried converting me to Packer fans. <laughs> and I said, can't do that, but they want to take me to Lambeau Field. So if the Vikings play them there, then I'll go. Uh, but uh, it's amazing just where these people come from. And, it's, and, I, and you learn from them and you find the techniques that they're doing in their different state and then we try to apply that to maybe what they're what we have up here and it's uh sometimes they're teaching me and it's it's that's the way it should be so do do you ever ask them you know what brought you here oh absolutely and it's typically they want to get out of the hustle bustle and they want to be able to enjoy the serenity and nature and just unwind unplug and just relax up north and just truly connect with their family 
and just be able to have these memories. And I love taking pictures. And so I'm taking these family photos for them. And I also do drone work. And so being able to show them an aerial, aerial view of the lake they're fishing, it's just so much fun. No. And uh, yeah, and it just gets people excited and that they'll be able to have that for their entire lifetime. And so, um, it's, uh, it's a really, really, really fun time of the year. So how many of these people that you've been meeting and, yeah. and guiding are regulars? They, they come up here on a fairly regular basis, and how many of them are experiencing Bemidji for the first time? It's a great question. Uh, from a from a guide's perspective? I mean, for, for the people you've been guiding, how many yeah. of them are, are people that have been been in Bemidji before, and how many are people that are a visiting lot, yeah. for the I'll, first time? I mean, I would say probably over 50% are new. And oh. then as far as uh, returning customers, um, I've been guiding under Dick quite a bit. And so he sees just unbelievable return customers. Almost everyone that he's bringing out, it seems to be return customers. But every single one that I've been guiding has been new to me. And I think that they'll be coming up here for years to come, which is so cool to see because we're just we're creating new memories for different families. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's a blast. So, so how did you get into this business for guiding? Uh, no, I know you got into the guiding. For, for visit Bemidji. For visit Bemidji. Yeah, so I've always lived for the outdoors, but I actually moved to Milwaukee and then I got my degree uh, in college, and then I went to the cities. I ended up working for Outdoor News and I ran Gander Outdoors down south, but I always wanted to come up north because that's where the fishing's good. You know, that's where the hunting's good. And I have family up here. And so I was able to get up north and I was able to land a job with Visit Bemidji. And that has just given me unbelievable opportunities to be able to uh, be a part of fishing tournaments, be able to do sporting tournaments for hockey, work with the Sanford Center. Um, and the networking has just been unbelievable. And the community here, we all come together and it's, uh, it feels like a family, you know, it's, uh, the corporate life was not for me and the opportunities that I have in Bemidji here couldn't be better. So. Yeah. Well, uh, there's something coming to Bemidji in August that I'm sure you had a, a hand in getting getting here in Bemidji. Tell us about that. Yes, absolutely. There's a few exciting things to tell you about from a tourism side and then also a fishing side. So we have the uh, the PMTT coming to Bemidji, Minnesota, and they're going to be at Rutgers, which is the Professional Muskie Tournament Trail. So this is the largest muskie tournament uh, in the United States, and we were able to land them in Bemidji over at Rutgers. And so it's going to be, um, there's going to be 125 teams total, teams of two, and they're going to be competing for muskie fishing for, I believe it's for three days, and they'll be pre-fishing quite a bit. But it's going to be a wonderful event, and we couldn't be more excited to have it in Bemidji. It's the first time ever. Okay, and yeah, this I've heard of the the trail. It is a it's a big it's a big deal, and yeah. having these people here is is, is going to be very cool. So how does it work? I mean, I'm assuming obviously if it's a muskie tournament, it's it's catch photo release. Yep. But, but do they it. have their own software they use, or how, how does I'm that not play familiar out? on the software they're going to be using yet. Okay. I have to assume that it could be fish donkey, but I'm not sure on that. I'm still working with Tim Widlacki on that. But uh, yeah, it's going to be catch and release. Um, that's a lot of anglers, 125 teams and teams of two on Lake Bemidji and on Cast Lake. Um, that's going to be a lot of boats on the water. So it'll be very interesting to see. We know there's large muskie out there. And so, and August can be a very good time of year to catch those muskies. And so, um, it'll, I'm very excited for this event. It's going to be a lot of fun. So how long does it take from the idea stage or Tim or whoever it is saying, maybe we should check out the Bemidji area 
to actually make it happen. How long does it take to play that out? It, it takes a little bit, but I, I can't take full credit for this at all. I would say that Carrie from Rutgers and uh, Mark Nelson, uh, they actually owned a resort over in Cass Lake, and they had this tournament come to, their, to them before, and Carrie had reached out to me saying there was an opportunity to be able to get this event to come to Bemidji, but they need to visit Bemidji's help, and so we were able to work that out. And, uh, I mean, it was a no-brainer for us to be able to get this to come to the town and be able to have musky anglers in town have them around. And locals can also compete in this, um, but they're going to be going up against a lot of professionals in the industry as well. But that makes for a fun uh, dynamic. And so, and that's yeah. coming in August. The actual tournament days are, do we know? Yep, it's going to be August 26th through the 28th, but I would assume there's going to be anglers pre-fishing seven days before this tournament, sure. um, trying to figure out where the fish are and trying to get some spots. So. Okay. Anything yeah. else cool going on in the tourism world? Yeah, absolutely. We just landed some huge news about probably about a week and a half ago that we are um, we got admitted into the Minnesota State Fair, the largest family gathering of the, in the entire state. I know with COVID restrictions oh. now uh, not it's being there, be insane this year. It's going to be wild, and we are so excited, Kev, because we are going to be having a very large booth. And the fair, the first time that Visit Bemidji has ever been in the fair, we're going to have an interactive green screen display where people are going to be able to take pictures with uh, Lake Bemidji walleye and hold up a walleye. We're going to have pollen bait mascots there. We're even going to get Bucky from BSU to be um, there and have them interacting with the different mascots. Uh, riding the Ferris wheels, we're going to be on some different TV shows. Um, Josh's connection with WCCO has been phenomenal, so we're going to be able to get some good TV time, and uh, we may even end up uh, being able to interact with different booths. So it's going to be it's going to be hot. Uh, drink a lot of water, but it's going to be a lot of fun. All right. Well, yeah, that's. Uh there are very few places in the state of Minnesota that you can get more eyeballs on you than at the Minnesota State Fair. Yeah, we I think we're ordering like 10,000 Visit Bemidji bags just so that people can see Bemidji and put Bemidji on the map and uh, hopefully we'll be able to get people up here and it sure seems to be working right now. So, All right. Well, listen, uh, if we're going out fishing this weekend, what do we need to be doing? So the water temps have been very increasing very fast, and so I would recommend go a little bit deeper this time of year. It all depends on the species that you're going for, but I'd recommend the crawlers and the leeches. Definitely that live bait rigging seems to be the ticket, but I love that jig and china bite, and um, I'm going to be guiding the next three days out on Lake Bemidji, and um, I, th- I believe that they should be anywhere in that 10 to 14 foot mark, but I mean, you could find them pretty much anywhere. Um, there's fish to be caught, you just got to find out where they're at. Are the walleyes low light or are they biting throughout the day? It's a good question. Yeah, um, I've been catching a lot of my walleyes very early in the morning. That seems to be um, much better bite with that low light. And that cloud cover makes such a big difference. And so um, being able to get out there very early, the the old saying goes, uh, early bird gets the worm. Well, that sure seems to be the case for my guide clients in the mornings. And so we'll be getting out probably 6.30, 7 o'clock, and that seems to be a, a pretty good time to get out there. All right. Anything else we need to know about, Brady? No, I would just say uh, check out uh, visitbemidji.com for the weekly fishing reports that we're putting out with Dick Beardsley. Um, we've been having a ton of fun with that. And if you want to hear anything about fishing, check that out. And uh, I'd love to be able to take people out guiding as well. And so hit up Dick Beardsley. We have so many wonderful guides in this area. And so just give us a call. Don't be a stranger and give us a call and we'll get you on the water and have a great time. 
Uh, Brady, um, if we want to use you or Dick Beardsley to uh, yeah. help us find some fish, how do you go about getting lined up? Absolutely. So you can just go to Dick Beardsley's website, and you can find that online. And then you just reach out to me personally through my cell phone number, and I can give that to you as well. Um, that's just 218-280-2941, and we'll get out and have a good time. Brady Loudon, a fishing guide in the Bemidji area and, of course, uh, one of the key cogs in the Visit Bemidji machine. Uh, Brady, thanks for being in today. Great to talk to you. Yeah, this has been great, Kev. Have a wonderful day. And now for those of you wise enough to subscribe to the podcast, we've got bonus content. Time to find out the latest adventures of Mandy Urich. I know, uh, Mandy, we just talked about it out the air a little bit. You had a big tournament, uh, the Cross Lake Lions tournament on the Whitefish chain last weekend. And how did that go? It came and it went. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> there was, you know, there were 77 teams. We were actually down. Normally they pull about 100, 100 teams for that event. Uh, overall, I mean, you can say that the weather was great, except that it blew, you know, 20 plus miles an hour, which made things really difficult on b- large body of water. But the weights, the weights overall were, were, were down. The huge congrats to, to Erickson and Reiner who took home the win. Um, they had 34 pounds, which I would say is about, you know, an, an average weight for the top five or, or top ten teams. But this year, everybody seemed to really struggle with even finding a limited bass, you know, or finding overs. So when I talk overs, I'm talking that slot limit with the pike. So 22 to 26 immediately have to go back, and then you could, you know, you could keep um, two over 26 for your team. But you know, we we got our bass right away in the morning. I felt really good, like you know, great. Let's go. We trolled for seven hours. We caught 60, 70 northern pike, and we never caught an over. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it was interesting. It was a grind for everybody out there. What uh, what are you attributing that to? You know, the, the chain can be tough as it is for, for big pike and numbers of big pike. Um, and I think, you know, we, we've seen that previously. There's a ton of those little hammer handles out there. Um, I, I don't know. The, the weather wasn't great. We talked about that, that temp really rising super quickly, um, which kind of put everybody in a funk, especially the bass. Like, you know, the, the pike were chewing. At least the little guys constantly, which was was awesome. Trolling in, you know, anywhere from nine to thirteen feet, wherever there was a heavy cabbage line, uh, big spinner baits, wobblers, things like that. You know, pike. Overall, the bite was good. The bass, though, um, water temp, and I did notice one thing. So the bass that were in the live wall, which is always interesting, um, they were puking up crayfish, and the color of the crayfish is a really good indicator, also. So. They're puking up orange crayfish. So people think, oh, they're rusty crayfish. Well, actually, that it's not rusty crayfish. The orange coloration um, is normally indicative to the molting process when crayfish go through that, and they become that bright orange. Well, that bright orange exoskeleton not only is highly visible to bass, but it's also super soft. So I think those bass are coming out of a post-spawn funk. Uh, they're not liking the, you know, the water temps. But at the same time, we're having, you know, specifically where we were at, a, a, a huge molt in that crayfish, which is one of their favorite, favorite foods and staples, and they're gorging themselves. I mean, the whole live well was just giant chunks of crayfish. So, you know, we've got to wow. figure in all the multiple factors there, but that's my <laughs> best guess. Okay. Uh, overall, uh, what are you hearing around the Brainerd Lakes area right now? 
still pike are chewing. They're chewing everywhere, hmm. uh, which is good because I, I was really nervous that with that water temp as quickly as it rose, um, that that was going to push those pike out deeper into, you know, that 20-foot range, which eventually we're going to hit that um, that that temp range, and they're st- going to start to pull out a little bit more um, and not be in the veg. But right now, that doesn't seem to be a problem. You can cast for them. You can control for them. They're, they're everywhere. The bass, though, and that has been a, a crazy situation, and I've been on four bodies of water now in the, in the past week and multiple different patterns going on. Obviously, everybody doesn't spawn at the same time. Not every lake warms at the same rate. You know, there's a bunch of factors there. But they are literally in a foot of water to, uh, I've seen them all the way up to 17 feet. So, I'm, I, yeah, it, it's confusing right now. It, it's one of those deals that, you know, uh, it's based on veg. We're seeing a lot of that. And then to what's going on with light conditions. So just a, a good rule of thumb. I know all of this combined can seem really crazy and daunting and, and, and over the top, but a good rule of thumb for almost any species uh, we're fishing for here in Minnesota is in low light conditions. So when I say low light, we're, we're talking early morning, late evenings, overcast skies, uh, high winds and or rain, those fit are going to sit higher in the water column. So when those fish are sitting in the higher in the water column, that's a really good time um, to be throwing like spinner baits or chatter baits or rattle traps, um, anything like that that's not you know diving deep is, is going to help you be successful. And when it's high sun like this, you just got to remember that. They're finding they're finding veg, they're finding cover, or they're going deep. So, yeah, I don't know. But I, the walleyes are still going. It's insane to talk to some of those, you know my buddies that are, are walleye guides, and um, yeah, they're 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 catching them. It, it, it's shallow all the way to deep. It still seems to be going back. Whatever you you prefer, um, the low light situation, um, heavy veg, uh, bobber and a leech, but. Um, like it's fun to go out right and and and, and throw a slip bobber in a leech because literally you're going to catch every species out there. It could be you know sunfish or crappie or bass or pike or or walleye. But um, I think a lot of us that are, are consider ourselves will be a little bit more hardcore want to go chase those. And there again, it depends on what body of water you're on. Like if I'm going to go to Malax, you know, and, and fish for a walleye, like. I'm going to go throw swim baits over there, you know, or you can Lindy rig or something like that. So uh, we're getting into that weird season where they're, they're in between, you know, major patterns. So everybody's kind of making this transition, but I just want to go fishing and I just want to get on a really hot frog bite. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you mentioned a bunch of different presentations, as you noted. Um, What's your favorite? What are some of your favorite lures to use? I love the frog, right? Everybody loves the frog. It's got the worst hookup percentage ratio out of any bait that you can throw, but there's nothing better than seeing, like, a huge three-pound, four-pound bass explode out of the water after your lure. Like, oh, you miss it, you miss it. But when you tie one on, like, it, it, it's fun. But I, I do have those go-tos for sure that are in my boat year, you know, throughout the whole season. I talk about them all the time. That a, a swim bait, a swim jig, uh, a chowder bait, a small spinner bait um you can't beat uh, a weightless senko <laughs> it, it and with that being said um if you're going to throw a weightless senko it's a, it's awesome anybody with any skill level can do it but please please be cognizant of the line the line jump on there so 
you're the fish is going to take that bait before you ever feel that bite. So a lot of people use high-vis braid on there. So you can actually see that line jump before you feel the bite. And why that's really important is um, it can have a really high mortality rate for fish swallowing the hook completely or tongue hooking. So that's another really good rule of thumb if you're going to throw that one. I'm not going to ask you, or I never ask an angler to give up their very super secret uh, spot or favorite small hidden away lake that uh, they don't want anybody else to know about. But what are some, you know, fairly well-known lakes in the Brainerd Lakes area that people still tend to overlook? That's a really good question, and I think that's really species-driven. We're so spoiled, right? Like, we have all these, you know, lakes within a 30-mile radius of the Brainerd Lakes area, and... I almost, I can't, I almost, like, I know so many of these little hidden gems that I was just like, I'm going to be in trouble. All I can say is just because they're not the gull, you know, gull lake chain or north long or one of these bigger bodies of water, um, don't rule them out. These little small bodies of water that can even be within city limits, um, they're normally known for recreation lakes, uh, hold really amazing fish and i think because they don't get that fishing pressure and maybe their proximity to town or their size you know people shy away from them but yeah i i love those little hidden gems so that there's my hint i can't go anymore i don't want to get in trouble (laughs) understood but i mean there's so many i mean we talk about the the big ones in the Brainerd Lakes area, but then you, you just go over to Crosby, there's a gazillion lakes. And, you know, over at, towards Aiken, there's a m- bunch of lakes. Pequot's got a bunch of lakes. There's You guys just got tons of lakes down there, just like we do up here. I know. And I've, I've, made, a, I've made a point probably the last five years to take at least, you know, a, a, a good seven to ten days and go explore these lakes. So what I like to do is I like to see if I can get on them in the summertime and then you can kind of get a layout, right? You can see the veg, like some of these you can auto map. Maybe they don't even have a map on Lake Master. I can auto map those, kind of see what the bite is like. And then it's super fun to go back out there in the winter then and ice fish those same lakes. Um, you get a little bit better understanding. But, yeah, it's it's like a treasure hunt, right? <laughs> when you find a new lake and you go exploring on it and then you find fish and, like, good ones, it's, there's nothing better. No, I, and, and again, there's so many great ones, and uh, I, I fortunately know enough people that they are willing to tell me, and uh, it is cool to go out there and just say, wow, I've lived here, you know, 30 years, and I've never been to this lake before. I think that would be really easy for you guys to do also up in the, in the yeah. Bemidji area. Yeah, it is. Yeah, like, we have a ton of them, but no, like, you guys got a ton of them, too, and I, I think that's a, a real good possibility. It would take you a long time to, to make your way through all those lakes. I I don't think I have enough left years left on this earth to to fish every lake that that's within thirty miles of me right now. I'll do my best though. Well, listen, Mandy. Um, obviously we're we're a hundred percent into fishing right now, but I know you're into everything outdoors. When does it start to change for you, and you start to start thinking about things beyond fishing? <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> oh no. Um... I'm still, I'm still 100% in, in, in fishing mode this year. I'm, you know, I've got derby season. We, we're, I'm kind of wrapping up the, the filming for the year. Um, obviously that'll pick back up in, in late fall again. And then it's, you know, that late fall going into, to early winter is when I, I change modes, I would say. And I'm really thinking ahead. I spend my winters doing sports shows and seminar speaking internationally. So, 
usually by August, September, um, I've got my schedule set up for winter travel. Um, and then, yeah, I, I, I start making that transition. You've got to transition from hunting and you've got all this other stuff going <laughs> on. So I'm, I'm just enjoying it right now. I'm trying to be in the moment and, and just focus on fishing. <laughs> <laughs> well, what is the first thing you hunt for when, when hunting comes around? Ooh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> there again, like that, that one's always like a throw up in the air. Like, am I going to go, am I going to go pheasant hunting? You know, what do, what do I want to do? How busy is work realistically? Like how good is the bite? Cause obviously fall bites like the best. Yep. So I, I love to pheasant hunt. I've, um, I've kind of transitioned out of like the duck and goose hunting. It, you know, I was a guide for a professional hunting guide for 15 years and, it's cold, it's dark, it's wet. I really don't <laughs> like digging in blinds. Um, but I, I've, I've gotten more into that really early season archery deer hunting. I think last year I had 63 days in the stand. Wow. Uh, three seasons through archery, rifle, late season muscle loader. So, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. It's There again, it's just, it's just a chess game. Like, what's the weather doing? What do I want to do? Do I want to be cold or do I want to catch fish? Or, you know, do I want to shoot something? Oh. And, and I, you know, you're not alone in having to figure out those things. Uh, so many people they're just into everything, and and uh, fall is tough because the fishing is great. Um, the hunting, it's that well, it's the time when you do hunt. You get kids back in school, and you know maybe they're playing football or volleyball or soccer or whatever. I mean, it's a it's a tough time to do everything you want to do. I, I hear you. Trust me. <laughs> it's in, yeah, I, I know. I, I don't even want to think that far ahead again because it, it does. It gets so insane, crazy. Like the schedule, you 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 start marking the stuff out, and sometimes you just have to pencil things onto a calendar to make sure that you do them right, or that you don't change your plans. Like, okay, I'm going to dedicate this time specifically for this, no matter what the weather conditions are. Yeah. So, uh, what are you going to be doing this weekend? What are you going to be fishing for? That's a good question. Uh, there's a bunch of tournaments going on this weekend. More than likely, I'll be fishing bass. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. Like, I've, I've got a little, a little waiver in time here. Um, and I think I want to go do some fun fishing. It's interesting that you brought up about exploring some new lakes. And there's a couple that I've been eyeing up, and I would really like to, to sneak out and, and maybe put some time on the water before with those before i do have to like dedicate solely the rest the remainder of my time for you know practice and pre-fishing for other tournaments so okay random weird question of the week um you could fish anywhere in north america where are you gonna go wow <laughs> wow i don't know i <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually i do um i've had a bucket list to go to fort peck uh, I really want to fish Fort Peck. I want to fish Fort Peck in the summer, and I want to ice fish Fort Peck. The species that are out there are absolutely insane. You know, there's giant smallies, there's big lake trout, there's giant walleyes. Um, it, it's super interesting to me, not only as an angler, but as a biologist. So, there, I'm going okay. to Fort Peck. <laughs> okay. And uh, you're going to help me out here. I've heard of it, but I can't remember. Where is Fort Peck? It's in Montana. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Got it. Um, if we want to watch your show, well, that's Thursday nights uh, at 10 o'clock on Lakeland News, right? Absolutely. All right. Anything else we can follow you on? Well, you can find me on social media, Instagram or Facebook or 
Okay. I can't keep up with these, honestly. I, <laughs> I, I need, I need a, a, an intern or something to do my social media. I feel horrible. I have not been up to date. Like, I've been on all these amazing trips in, like, the last three months, and I don't know if I posted a pic. <laughs> well, you know what? That, that There's a lot of interns out there, and life is getting back to normal. So, you know, there's probably somebody who'd love to work with Mandy Urich. <laughs> well, now we got the word out there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mandy, thanks for taking the time. As always, we really appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Kev. Coming up tomorrow to wrap up the week, we'll hear from Garrett Hagelin from the Brainerd Lakes area and Dusty Minky's in to tell us about next week's next stop on the National Walleye Tour. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast at Podcast One or on the Pod MN app so you can listen at your leisure. And please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. That's it for today. I'm Kev Jackson. Thanks for being here. Fish hell!